Let me just say off the top uh, that, yes, I love Sean and Diana, but I also respect them as, as world-class leaders. What I have seen them do in these last 10, 12 years has been incredible. And let me share this with you, seriously, from my heart, share this, I want you to understand this. People take this lightly, understand this. After you are saved, the next most important decision you will make in your life is where you go to church. But you, where you go to church will determine how you see marriage. It will determine how you view money. It will determine how you see your image of yourself. It will help determine your value, your esteem. Where you choose to have church is the next most important decision you will make after you are saved. And let me tell you, as someone who's been in the body for a while, now is not the time to be trying to find a church. If you're here today, I'm so serious. If you're here today, there are some churches that are love God and are as good as fellowship. You won't find a better one. You'll find one as good, but you won't find a better one. Look around you. Does this look anything like heaven to you? He texted me and told me to tell you hi. He loves you. He and, he and Diana, and they miss you, and are looking forward to you being back next week, uh, him being back next week. Now, uh, this week I brought with me uh, again because I, f I feel like it's important for me to be open and honest with you. So I, bro I brought my best friend with me, and I brought my girlfriend with me, and I brought my wife with me because I think you should just know everything about me. Um, they are the same person, by the way. I do this every time. I gotta hurry this up. People were staring daggers through me. Like, I don't know what kind of religion you got. Like, That's not how Pastor Sean rolls. I got you, I got you. Before we get into this message today, I want to make, have you make a commitment to yourself and to me that you will use this as the beginning of a growth process for you. That you will not expect everything you need to happen for you. You're going to partner with it, right? In that vein, I wanna give you three resources right now off the top before I start preaching so that you can continue to work on yourself, to work on yourself as a single, as married, and as single again. Because the topic Pastor Sean gave me, because he loves you so much, and he loves singles and singled again. Many churches are ignoring singles and single again. But he loves you so much. He said, Pastor Alfred, I want you to speak on that, on singles, married, and single again. So if you're single, one resource, and there are some other ones, but I know this author pretty well. And um, I do know he loves Jesus. I've talked to him, so I know that if he could, he's going to write this again and clean it up because there are some things he wants to add. This is my book, by the way. Single and ready for change. I wrote this while I was single. I'll tell you that in a moment. Um, but single and ready for change. And we, and we talk about things um, like understanding uh, the difference in, in your life or how, how to prepare for what God wants for you. So you need to get that and look at it. For your married, if your marriage is in trouble, um, then one resource I would suggest to you is called Rescue My Love Life. Actually, if your marriage is not in trouble, I would suggest to you, rescue my love life, because that's what I did. 
I, we had a great marriage. I looked at that. That's Henry Cloud, Rescue My Love Life. My assumption is you want to continue to grow, right? Uh, another resource, and the last one I'm going to give you, and some of you heard this, is called Love and Respect. You've heard that? Love and Respect. Those are two verses in the, actually in the Bible. Uh, so those are resources for you because if you're going to become all God wants you to be, you're going to continue to grow, right? Let's go to work. Singles. Your, your verse for this Wedges series, love each other with genuine affection, take delight in honoring each other. And uh, Pastor Sean said last week, we're going to fight for unity. So off the top, we are all one body. If you're single, married, or single again, we are all one body. If you're, if you're married, you want to hear what the Lord says to singles because you know some singles. If you're single, you want to hear what the Lord says about marriage because you might get married or you know somebody who is. If you're single again, you want to hear both of them because you walk both those roads, right? But we're all one family, single. All right, let's go. Foundation, your singles, here's your first keyword, your first underline, is wholeness. Wholeness. Keyword for singles for you I want to get in your spirit is wholeness. Wholeness. Let me tell you a story about how God created uh, the world. God created Adam first, and he created Adam, and he gave Adam a job. He gave him a responsibility, and he and Adam had a significant relationship. As a matter of fact, um, in, your, in your first in your first blank, that's what I want you to put there. Adam walked with God before, before he walked with Eve. That's not by accident. Uh, the Bible, Adam, Adam was alone, uh, and that word really comes from two words, which means all one. He was alone, but the Lord took out of him Eve. He was alone, but there's a difference, hear me, between being alone and lonely. Uh, okay, well, he had to be lonely because God gave him Eve. No, God didn't get, God created Eve because man should not be by themselves. That's a small group message. You see, that's why you want to join small group, because God chose to express himself in a small group. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, first small group. When Jesus came and wanted to change the world, he didn't do it by preaching into the wind. What's the first thing he did? Get a small group. We call those disciples. There, he wanted Adam not to be by himself, so you should not be by yourself. Get a small group, but there's a difference in alone and lonely. Alone is a physical fact. Lonely is the response to that fact. Stay with me. You can be alone and lonely or how about this? You know what they call people who are alone who choose to go meditate? They call that solitude. So how many, how many know we need to be by ourselves sometime? Oh, pastor, I got to get married. Watch this now. Someone said this. Marriage is like, it's like a screen door with flies. Those on the inside want to get out. Those on the outside want to get out. I'm telling you right now. 
It is important to step. First of all, Adam walked with God before he walked with Eve. So before you talk about walking, giving your destiny over to somebody in a significant relationship, make sure that person is already walking with God now. It is not your job to try to get them saved. You don't believe in missionary dating. If that person's 30 years old and the Holy Ghost been working on them for 30 years and he still ain't got saved, how much power you got that you're going to get them saved? What you want? You want somebody that already has a significant, vibrant, walking relationship. How about this for a solid question? Where is your church? Where's your pastor? You want to, listen to me. If you're going to hook with somebody, you hook your destiny to them. You want to make sure they know God because only God can show them you. They can't see you with natural eyes. They got to see things. I have to see Melvina through God's eyes. Don't get so crazy in love that you forget what's right in front of you. This is why, this is why you want relationships so somebody else can see what you don't see. See, we might see all the, they like, oh, no, 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 baby. You're worth more than that. It's important to establish your own authority. Now, if I'm going to have somebody that walks with God, that means I need to have my walk with God established already. Which means this, I need to establish my authority over the enemy while I'm still single. Okay, uh, Jesus Christ, who was single, by the way. Here's what, here's what, here's what he did. No, notice the strategy. The Bible, the Spirit of God, not him. The Spirit of God drove him into the wilderness, which means it was God's idea. He goes to the wilderness, and the Bible said that he deals with the enemy. Three temptations. Jesus defeats him with three written words that we have in our Bible. It wasn't something that came out three written words that we have in our Bible, but he established authority over him. Now, stay with me. That happened before Jesus ever did one miracle, before he ever began his ministry, because marriage is a ministry. And before you start a ministry, get in that desert and establish authority over the enemy right now while you're single. So that when Jesus walks out of the desert, every time the devil sees him after that, there's no discussion. It's the enemy saying, please don't cast us out. Please don't hurt us. Why? Because we already know you have authority over us. Singles, establish that authority right now. Get authority over your flesh right now. Marriage is not an answer to lust. That's why people have affairs. You get authority over yourself now. Get authority over your money now. You don't need nobody to rescue you. God is your rescuer. You want to be established now so that you can walk in wholeness. The Bible said this, you are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head. You are complete. You have to know that in your spirit. You have to say that in your spirit. I'm not broken. I'm not messed up. I'm not less than. I'm not so hungry that I'm just going to get anything. I'd rather be by myself than get with somebody that doesn't understand what God's doing in me. I am whole in Jesus, which means rather than trying to fall in love with somebody, fall in love with Jesus first. That's your song. That's your song. Falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love with Jesus. It's the best thing I ever done. 
You want to say this. In his arms, I feel protected. So you need him to do that, not a person. In his arms, never disconnected. In his arms, I feel protected. It's the best thing. I ever done. You fall in love with Jesus first. Let him complete you first. Whenever you get hungry, sing that song to yourself. That's why I'm going to fall in love with my Jesus first. My Jesus first. That way, because here's relationship math. Relationship math is one plus one equals one, and that's not a typo. <laughs> See, we think if I'm a half a person, I'll find somebody else that will make me complete. No, a half a person plus a half a person equals two half people. <laughs> a whole person plus a whole person equals a whole person. See, you want to be whole now because if you're all broken up now, then all you can attract is somebody who needs to fix you. See, broken people attract fixers. Now, the problem with that is they'll be fixing on you all your life because you're a project to them. You're never equal to them. They always got to fix you. Now, here's the problem with that. Some of you came to church today and you found out you're complete in him. Some of you came to church today and you found out that your wholeness comes from him. So when you get whole, hear me, if you attracted somebody or you're dating somebody who needs to fix you, when you get whole, they don't know you anymore because they only knew you when you were broken. A whole person plus a whole person equals a whole person. Now, Adam moves from being single, and he does get married. God brought him Eve. And when he saw Eve, he said, oh, this is, uh, uh. let me give you, <laughs> let me give you, yeah, you know, Adam, you, you read Genesis too. And his, <laughs> here's how God did it. He marched all the animals in front of Adam first. Read Genesis 2. That wasn't an accident. He marched all the animals in front of him so Adam could say, ape, Mrs. Ape. Dog, Mrs. Dog. Everybody got somebody, and I don't want none of y'all. Apes and dogs. Then God said he brought him Eve. You follow what I'm saying? He brings him Eve. He gets married. Let me give you your key word. You're married. Your key word is unity. Your key word is unity. We're going to talk about removing four wedges from your marriage. In counseling, we call this the four horsemen of the apocalypse because we know that these four will destroy a marriage. Now, here's why you're here today, and this, this, is, what, this is a blessing for you because when you see any of these, you are going to get rid of them. The Bible said, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Every tongue, but read the rest of it though. Read the rest of it though. Every tongue that rises against you, here's what he said, you shall condemn it, not God. That meant you got to say some stuff. So today we say we're going to remove these four horsemen. You ready? Number one is criticism. When criticism sleeps, now, now notice what criticism is. It's disapproval of a person versus the action. Criticism focuses the person. That's why it's hurtful. It doesn't mean you don't deal with stuff, but criticism says, I just disapprove of you. Uh, which leads to defensiveness on the other person. Defensiveness, defensiveness. That's protecting oneself against all that criticism. So now I get defensive. I want to hold myself. I want to protect myself from you. We'll, we'll get, we're going to fix all that. I want to protect myself from you. 
anchors to avoid. I'm giving you four wedges, four horsemen. When you see these today, we're going to remove them. When you see them, God helps you remove them. Amen? Amen. Number three, stonewalling. That's the silent treatment. And silent treatment is not always just mouth. Silent treatment means I choose to shut you off. And there's young people in the room, so I'm not going to go further, but you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> when that happens in your marriage, you're on dangerous ground. Stonewalling. But number four, number one with the bullet, by, and f by, by far the one that we know is the precursor to being seriously messed up is contempt. Contempt is more important than all the other ones. I mean, there, there, it's more of a, and contempt is talking down to your, to your spouse. I'm up here, I'm talking down, it's disgust. When that happens, then we're in deep trouble. But aren't you glad you came to church to find solutions? But now you gotta find out what the problem is. Listen, listen to me, please hear this. So when you go home, when, you, when they creep into your language and they can creep into all of our language, know that I need to stop right now and say no weapon formed against me. I ain't got to call Pastor Sean, call Pastor Diana. I'm calling Jesus, saying the word, and saying, this, you will not prosper in my marriage. Here's what the Lord told him in Genesis 2. Go old King James for a moment. Therefore, shall a man leave his father and his mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. See that relationship math again, even in marriage? One plus one equals one. Yeah, I told you that was the typo. All right. Shall a man leave his father and mother? So there's three concepts that happen here that make for unity that will remove those wedges. Number one is leave. Number two is cleave. Number three is one flesh. And they have to happen in that order. And if one doesn't happen, the other one cannot happen. Now understand this. When he says, shall a man leave his father and his mother? Have you ever thought about this? Because I'm weird like this. Adam and Eve didn't have a father or mother. They didn't have no mom or daddy. Yet God is speaking through the annals of time because he knew there was going to come a time when we have to understand that in order for there to be a cleaving to this person, there has to be a leaving. That doesn't mean anger. It doesn't mean disrespect. The Bible says you always honor your mother and father, but you have to leave that as a primary relationship, or you can't cleave to another primary relationship. You follow what I'm saying? I'm not talking about your in-laws now. So you say, that's my in-laws. No, because sometimes we pull our in-laws in. Because we ask them stuff. What do you think about, so you, you, we haven't left. You have to leave, but then once you leave, you can cleave, which means now we become one flesh, and the result of this is this. They were both naked, the man and his wife, by the way, that's the, that's the, put it like this, it's real hard to argue naked. So next time you start arguing, <laughs> I don't even know what we was talking about, seriously. I forgive you, everything's cool. They were naked, right? Now, you're going to find out later that naked was more than just a physical thing. It was a spiritual thing because what happened when they sinned was they covered themselves. You can be married and still cover yourself for a long, oh, I've lived it, for a long time, long time. When you, but when you get married and you've left, you leave and you cleave and there's one, now you can open. 
Now, now you can be one flesh. And what you need to understand there about that being one flesh is this. Once you leave and cleave and become one flesh, you need to make a decision that you will only, not defensiveness, not criticism. No, I'm only going to speak life over my mate. Okay. Jesus said, if you believe it, you will have whatsoever you say. Uh -huh. So you should, watch this now. Um, here's how you work it. You need to plant what you want to reap. Let's run about you one more time. If I want to see love, I need to plant that in somebody else. Not tell them what they're not doing. Tell them how they can do it. Plant what you want to get back. Speak life and not death, which means you don't speak death in public. Which means if you're ever out with somebody, I don't want to ever hear you say anything negative about your spouse. That's your bride. That's your husband. And when you're by yourself and with your friends, we're not speaking negative about the one that God gave us. Because the Bible said that marriage is a reflection of Christ and the church. So if I speak ill of my spouse, it's like God is speaking ill of me. He never would do that. So he says you need to speak life, speak life, speak life. Instead of saying what you see, say what you want to see. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. We usually stop there, right? The rest of it says this. They that love it will eat the fruit of it. In other words, when I say a word, I produce fruit. Then I eat the fruit I produce. So I need to make sure I'm producing the fruit that I want to eat in my mate so that I speak life into them. No, no. If you're around me, you're going to grow. That's how I know God wants you to be all you're going to be. Number three, you got single, married, single again. Your key word there is recognition. Recognition, recognition, recognition. Number one, you got to recognize the need for some necessary endings. There are some relationships that are necessary endings. We read Ecclesiastes 3, there's a time for all things, but I want you to read it again when you get home and recognize how many endings there are. There's a time to live, a time to, that's an ending. A time to plant, a time to, there's an ending. And there's certain things in our life that need to be ended whether we see them or not. So Jesus said in John 15, he said, he said every branch in me that bears fruit, he prunes it. So it'll bring forth more fruit. I'm not a gardener, but I did study about the vine. I recognize that there are certain, what they, what they call them is sucker branches. That's literally what they call them, sucker branches. And sucker branches are branches on a tree that do not produce fruit, but they suck the life out of the vine that's giving, that's giving life to the, one, to, the, to the fruit that is on the vine. So what a gardener will do is, in order to produce healthier fruit, he cuts off the sucker branches because all they're doing is sucking the life out of you. There are some relationships. I'm not talking about if you're married, getting divorced. Lucia, the devil's a lie. I'm not talking about, that's my husband, that's my wife. I'm not talking about that. No, 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 no. I'm talking about single again. There are certain, listen, young people, let me tell you something. I understand this. You can be young, but have given your heart to someone, and they broke it. 
and you're in the same spot as somebody else. We have to stop overlooking that like it's not a big deal. It's a big deal if it was your heart that was broken. Here's what I'm telling you, though. Some of that needed to happen so God could set you free. You couldn't see it, but God could see it. You didn't know it, but God saw him sucking the life out of you. You didn't recognize that every time, come on now, how many times somebody got to call you at 3 o'clock in the morning to come see them for you recognize this person's not trying to get me saved. They are trying to get something out of me. Oh, does that sound crazy to you? Then let me tell you a crazier story than that. Samson. Everything he told Delilah that would mess him up, she did it. And he still stayed there. How many times does somebody have to get you to mess up before you recognize they are trying to get me to mess up? Necessary endings. And, but, but not only do you recognize that, you recognize your need for healing if necessary. Some single agains are divorced. Some are widowed. Some had significant relationships that they lost. Our story, told you I was single. I mean, I got married, my wife went to heaven. I was single again and had to start the courting process again. Um, that whole process of dating again. And here was my thing before I could ever date because my, I, we, my wife and both of I were married for 20 years to our spouses. We didn't know each other until after they both went to heaven. In case you were wondering who was messing around before. <laughs> I know church people. I know how y'all think. Listen. <laughs> Doing the math. Well, how was, how long was it? Listen. 20 years. We both were married 20 years and loved our spouses. Nothing wrong with it. So when our spouse and when my spouse went to heaven, here was my question. Can I love again? Should I love again? Is that being wrong? Is that being insincere? Should I love again? Two things happened. Number one, the Lord showed me this. I, I have two children. Two, we have six together. I have two before I met her. And my first one was a son. That was back in the day when their stuff wasn't as good. So they said it was a girl. Not a problem with that because my second one is a girl. Um, first one. So he came in there and was a boy. So I was blown my mind. Not that I wanted one just stripped me out. So now I'm just doing there doing the whole Simba thing and lifting him up. And like, oh, I'm just, I'm just so excited. I'm, like, I'm just going crazy. I'm just loving this. Loving this. And I was like, there's no way. I was, I was the kind of dad that would get up at two in the morning and just rock him and um, let him hear my voice, and just, I was that kind of guy, I just loved him. So my wife got pregnant again, I don't know how that, anyway, she got pregnant, <laughs> she got pregnant again, right? This time it's a girl. Come on, a dad and his girl? Here's what the Lord did, it's amazing. When my daughter came, I didn't lose any love for my son. What happened was God created another place in my heart so that there wouldn't ever be competition. It was because a, a girl is different than a boy. He gave me something totally imitating. If you're single again, God's able to create some, another space in your heart. Because the second thing that happened was God brought Melvina into my life. And that place in my heart got totally filled up completely. And I chased her down like, you ever seen the Animal Channel?
I was not playing. <laughs> Our second time, was second time when I, I, second time when I said, baby, I need you to, I didn't say baby, because I didn't have it like that yet. I said, I need you to understand I'm not trying to be your friend. <laughs> Let's get that straight. We're not trying to do that. Because God was opening my heart to her. When I said, when I began to approach her, this is good for you single again. But I began to approach her. I said, what if I told you I want to court you, whatever? Here's what she said. I ha I'll have to ask my father. And she didn't mean her natural father. She meant her father, God. <laughs> recognize your need for healing. But lastly, if you're single again, recognize your need to focus on your destiny. Yeah. A destiny is different than a future. A destiny is a point in time that God has already set. He said he has predestined us. Uh, one of the workers for, for Google Maps said the way that they do maps is when you put in uh, your destination, they don't draw your destination technically from where you are to where you're going. He said because there's too many ways to get there. He said what we do is we start at the end and we draw a line back to wherever you are right now. God has a destiny for you. Everything leading backwards from that is in his plan for your life. Don't you ever think that because something happened, it's over for you. Because this person left. Because that person didn't like you. Because this one didn't work. You have a, not just a future, you have a destiny. And the way you get there is, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have taken all of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind Come on, you can't drive looking behind you. You can't drive in the rearview mirror. Forgetting what is behind. Here's how you can forget it. And yeah, it happened. Forgetting doesn't mean you wipe it from your hard drive. Forgetting in the Greek means I don't actively remember it. I don't keep putting it up in my viewfinder. What's in my viewfinder is not where I've been, but it's where I'm going. What you don't understand is God already has that mapped out for me. You cannot take this. I didn't say God did it, but God will use it. In all things, God is working for good to them that love God. Forgetting what I'm straining toward what's ahead. I'm moving. I'm doing something. I'm straining toward what's ahead. For, and I'm going for the prize that God has called us. I'm pressing toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me. Heavenward. You as a single again, no matter what your circumstance is, I want you to understand this for you and for your singled. Married and married again. Here's my final thought for you. In and through every phase of your relationship life, God offers both hope and healing. Healing from your pain. Listen to me, though. Listen to me. I'm going to pray. I'm not going to pray long because I found out it's not the length of the prayer. It's the person's heart and mindset when you pray it. Understand, this is how this works. This is how this works. This is how this works. It's called the power of agreement. It's how, that is, I'm not talking about you agreeing with the person next to you. I'm talking about you agreeing with God. Here's how it works. God says a word, but he says a word to everybody. Why doesn't everybody walk in it? Because you have to come in agreement with it for you right now. If God says it and you don't agree with it, it still won't happen in your life. It'll just be a promise for your future. If you say it and God doesn't say it, there's still no agreement. When the Bible says, if you will confess with your mouth, that word confess, homologous, means to say the same word as God has said. 
Confess don't mean to say whatever it is I want to say. If God didn't say it, he's under no obligation. But confess means when God says it and I say it, that means in this moment and don't miss moments. God doesn't live by calendar. He lives by seasons and moments. Kairos, a moment in time. He's here right now to offer healing for your past so that it brings such a, a, a closing in your heart that you received today. How many of you can believe what God said about that and you want that to be true of you today? How many want to come in agreement with that prayer of healing? Put your hands down. Your first step is to be humble enough that you don't care who's around you. At some point, you got to recognize somebody in here has already been hurt. If you're sitting here where the presence and the power of God is, not because what I'm saying, because the God I represent, he said this, his word will never return void. I will accomplish the thing. I will watch over my word to perform it. When we pray his word, when we pray what he said, he's here to do that. How many say I need healing right now today in my heart? from some past relationship. I've been through some stuff. I see some hands. I see some hands. And the rest of us that may not need hope, but how, I'm healing, but how about hope? You kind of put your life on hold. You kind of stopped. Get involved. Get busy. Join a small group. Join a serving team. Press toward God has. That's how you move in what he moves in. Can I pray for you? Father, I pray right now for every person that raised their hand. That for, first of all, Lord, there come healing in the heart Forgive us, Lord, sometimes as a church, as people, for not seeing the wholeness you placed in singles, that they miss what they have for them. But today, God, we say, no, I'm going to be about my father's business. Lord, I pray for healing in every heart. I pray that, that we would embrace wholeness right now. Your word declares we are complete in you. So, God, we declare that with you. We come into agreement that we are complete in you. Yes, we're open to whatever you want to do in our life. If you want to bring somebody, Lord, thank you. But right now, we're whole in you. Lord, I pray for every marriage that you would heal what is broken. I pray, God, for those four wedges that we talked about, that you would give supernatural discernment when it comes out of our mouth and that we will know how to the Bible. Lord, you said that we should take every thought and bring it into captivity to Jesus Christ. When that happens, Lord, we thank you. We're going to rebuke that. We're going to speak life instead. Thank you for life in marriages. Thank you. We're not just going to survive, but we're going to thrive in marriage. Thank you for who you have given us in our life, Lord. And then I pray for the single again, whether it's divorced, whether it's hurting, whether it's widowed, whether it's a broken relationship, God, that today we say we will receive our healing and we're focused not on our past, we are focused. We are pressing toward. You're not done with us. That's why we're still drawing breath. You've got something else. You want to use that for your glory, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.